good morning, everybody. I just want to uh, bring Varnell back up here so he can finish preaching. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you see him? He was ready. Ready. That's what we're supposed to be ready in season and out. All right, let's pray. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory and honor and praise this morning. We really wanted to just continue to worship you, Jesus. Uh, but you give us opportunities to share your word, to preach your word, that we would have greater understanding. And that's what I pray for for everybody in the room, including myself, Lord. Would you Im 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 anoint my words so that what you want to say to your people would come through louder than what I actually say? we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Y'all sound good. You look good. Now let's see what happens after this. All right. So in my family, we do this thing where we have a corny joke contest. All right. It's fun. Everybody, every family has their thing. And that's one of our things. We really want to win the corny joke contest. So I have two this morning in case you all figure out the first one, like in the first service. So if you were in the first service, you cannot respond. OK. All right. So how does Moses make his coffee? Oh, see, that's too easy. Yeah, he, he brews it. He brews it. Somebody get it doesn't even take any time. But I see, I, I'm, I came prepared. I have another one too. Okay. The second one is why did the bird fly into the kitchen? Why did the bird fly into the kitchen? And this was mine, and I'm proud. Yes, it did win the corny joke contest that night. Tweet, 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 tweet. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I give you permission. You can go ahead and use it wherever you would like to win the corny joke contest. All right. <laughs> In all seriousness, today we are starting a new series. And in his image, it's, it's his image. Um, everything we do, we hope, is in his image, a reflection of who he is. Our worship, our ministry, our relationships, everything that we do should be a reflection of his image. And we're going to be talking this month specifically about doing ministry in the image of God. Really considering not just God the Father, but really experiencing, communing with, and doing ministry out of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there, there's all these things that we can say about the image of God. I, I really don't think we have time, we have understanding, we have words 
to really communicate and convey the, the complete image of God. But God, in his mercy, because he wants us to experience him, experience his holiness and who he is, he reveals pieces to us. He reveals, he's, he's got, he gives some to you, he gives some to me, he gives some to every one of us who are listening and receiving to communicate who he is in the earth. And so, as we talk about the triune image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're going to not only be talking about just, you know, comprehending that or, or communicating it, but really the deeper reason is to commune with him. That's where it begins, communing with him. So if, you're, if you are excited about that, if you want to uh, know what that means for you, what that means for, and when I, when I say ministry, I'm not just talking about people who do ministry full time or, you know, as a vocation. I'm talking about every one of us. If you're a believer in God, you are a minister of God. Because you have something from him. Reconciliation. You have, you've been reconciled to him in 2 Corinthians, it tells us in chapter 5, you've been reconciled to him, and therefore, you've been given the, the ministry of reconciliation. So every, every one of us uh, is a minister. And how many people agree with that? Yes? Okay. All right. That's good. I know who I'm talking to now. All right. Good. So let's really consider three things. The purpose, the principles, and the power. One of my favorite words. The, the purpose, the principle, and the power of the image of God and how that overlays on our ministry, on whatever we do for him and whatever we desire to do for him or desire to be, how does that overlay on us, basically? So one of the, the purposes or, you know, I, I guess the biggest purpose for really understanding this triune God, this 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 nature, this Trinitarian nature of God is that you would be, uh, re receive and, and step into the invitation that he has given us. You know, he, he is always inviting us into communion with him. So when, once we comprehend it, even to the extent that he allows us to, we're not going to be able to comprehend it all. So for all of you who want to know everything from beginning to end, inside out, know it before it happens, the planning and all that, I, I feel that way sometimes too, and, and I got a shout out over there. Um, it, it is not going to be possible. Just in our human finite minds, we just don't have the capacity to understand everything about God. Some things you just have to receive, accept, embrace, and say, God, I trust you. And, and the, the, the understanding of this three-in-one God, it's not three gods. We serve one God, hallelujah, <laughs> one God, but three persons. And, and that is just one of those things that you have to receive and accept and trust and, and, and say, okay, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, equal value, equal power. They're equal. There's, there's no lesser value of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There are definite roles that each of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have. And there's definite order. God the Father 
He is, he is overall and in all and through all. But there is, God is head of the son, son, head of the, of the spirit. And so as we step into this understanding, the purpose of understanding this triune God, I hope that there is a, 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 the, just the grace of God that comes to your life to step into communion with him. We, we actually, we, do, we did this monthly exercise, this monthly pattern of taking communion to remember him, to, to really ponder that his body was broken for us, that his blood was spilled for us. It's good to be reminded of that. You agree? It's good. I hope you're reminding yourself at other times, other than us doing it here on monthly moments, because God is always inviting us to commune with him, to be with him in your daily devotions, be with him and, and commune, just, just sense his Holy Spirit, his presence, his peace, his security all around you, all around your life. Step into communion with him. So I want to I talk a little bit about uh, Abraham, because Abraham, to some degree, understood this. Abraham is one of the patriarchs of the faith. From the beginning, there was Adam and Eve. Well, from Adam and Eve's line, skipping some generations, there was Noah. Then there was Noah, Noah, the big boat in the flood. Yes, him. He, he came with three sons, and one of his sons, Shem, from the line of Shem, was Abraham. And so Abraham, we enter, enter the story of his life um, in Genesis 18. Abraham, God loved Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm calling you out from your, from your, fam your family, your father's house, everything that's familiar, i.e. your comfort zone. Anybody ever been there? I'm calling you out of your comfort zone. And I'm calling you into a place that I've yet to reveal to you, but I know it. Which was what? An opportunity, again, for Abraham to trust God. He didn't have to know everything in between and up in the beginning. God, where are you? Can you imagine Abraham saying, well, where, God? Where, where do you want me to go? You know, can, have you ever had those conversations with God? Where? Where next? What do you want me to do? Can you just start with trusting God and obeying him to go when he says go? We haven't met the leaders in a couple weeks. God might be telling you somewhere to go to serve on a team or be in an LC group. Just obey. You don't have to know why from beginning to end. Just obey and start somewhere. So in Genesis 18, if you want to join me, Genesis 18, verse 1, enter Abraham. So the Lord appeared to Abraham near the, gate, near the great tree of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. He was having his devotion times. That's what he was doing. He was thinking about the Lord. And Abraham looked up, and he saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent. How many of you, when, when God enters into your time of devotion, you stop. You stop talking. You stop praying. You just listen and for what he wants to say or what he wants to do. Sometimes we can get so busy in our own minds. I got to do this. I got to do that. And here, God, will you bless it? But, but sometimes we just need to stop and allow him to impress 
our hearts. And so when he saw them, he, he immediately jumped up and he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by and let a little water be brought. And then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. And let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. And now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, quick. And now he was saying, get, let's, let's get together a meal. Hurry up. Let's, let's get it together. Let's, let's, can, you, can, you, can you feel Abraham? Sometimes there are moments when you really want to bless your guests with hospitality. You just want to feed them well. You just want to, you know, you want them to be comfortable. You, you want them to be encouraged. You want them to stay as long as they would like and do everything for them. And so he explained everything to his wife. He explained everything to his servants. Let's get the meal together. What was Abraham doing? He recognized when they came to him, when he lifted up his eyes and they were there, he was, he was getting an invitation to come and commune with the triune. If, if, hear me now. It was a picture. It was three of them. It was a picture of the triune God. It was a picture of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It wasn't actually Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it was a picture of the triune God. And he was being invited to commune with them. He was being invited into the ministry of who they were. And so when we think about this idea of ministry, uh, in the image of God and, you know, the, the Trinitarian image of God, you know, it's really the, the overall picture is that it's Christ's ministry to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's Christ's ministry to the Father. When Jesus came or, or when he was in the garden and he was, if you remember this story, he was, he was struggling in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it be so. But ultimately, not my will be done, your will be done. Jesus came for God's purposes. He recognized that. By the time he came out of the garden being strengthened by the Spirit, he was empowered to go and do what God was sending him to do or had sent him to do. And so any, any ministry that we enter into, if it is not us joining with Jesus in his ministry unto God by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're probably taking on a burden that we were not meant to carry. And so Abraham was taken an opportunity to minister, as it were, to the Lord. He was ministering to these, these two angels in the Lord himself, but it was, it was him bringing whatever he could, offering whatever he could, in order to, to please those that had come to him. And so there are times in our own lives where you might feel like, you know, I, I need ministry here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I'm, and I'm heavy. I need ministry. And, and the Lord 
it, that's what he first does. Even before you are conscious and aware of his presence or his salvation in your life, he's ministering to you. But isn't it amazing how God gives us the opportunity to change our posture a little bit and say, Lord, I want to minister unto you. In our worship, who is our worship for? Our worship is for him. It's for us to minister unto him. It might sound good to some. It might feel good to others. But first and foremost, our ministry of worship is unto him that he would, would see his people and be pleased by our worship, by our attention to who he is, our gratitude for all that he's done. And, that's, and that is what Abraham was entering into. He was, he was giving back out of all that God had poured into him. He was ministering to these three who had come to him. And so as we go on a little further in that story in, in chapter 18 of Genesis down to verse 16, there, there are, as we, as we walk through this series, his image, and really walk through the book, there's a book that we invite you to grab. It's called Ministry in the Image of God. And in that book, we're going to be talking all month about some principles of ministry. And remember I said we're all ministers, right? We are, right? We're not just talking about people who do it professionally. We're not just talking about people who, uh, who only do that. But wherever God sends you, you are a minister if you decide to step into that. But you can't do it apart from the power of his Holy Spirit. So this, this ministry that he has called us to really requires that we align with him. That's, that's why we, we have to commune with him and, and know his heart, be close to his heart. It's not just about what you want to do, what you see happening, or, or what you desire. Trust me, God has desires far and above, desires for his people far and above what you have, what we have. And so we need his Holy Spirit. We need his help to step into it. But when we do, praise God, there are some aspects of what we're going to talk about through the book. There's some aspects of what ministry should embody um, as we are doing ministry with him, for him, and through him. And that is relational personhood. Relational personhood. I'm going to say some, some deep words, some deep concepts for a little bit, but I'm just going to let it sit on you. Relational personhood. You got joyful intimacy. Glad surrender. Not mad surrender. Not sad surrender. Glad surrender. Complex simplicity. There's complex simplicity in Christ. Hallelujah. Gracious self-acceptance. Who wants to receive gracious self-acceptance from the Lord? How many, how many of us um, kind of beat ourselves over the head for not being or doing or measuring up or feel the, the pressure from others, from your supervisor, from your friends, from your parents, from your children, the pressure to be something that maybe you are not. 
But when you enter into gracious self-acceptance, nobody can touch you. Nobody can rock you. Mutual indwelling and passionate mission. These are some of the things, these are the principles that we're going to be talking about. When we talk about the Trinitarian image of God, all of this is inside of God. All of this is inside of God, and he wants to give it to us to make us more able to do and to be what he desires. And again, our friend Abraham, I think he was stepping into some of that. And uh, again, Genesis 18, chapter, chapter 18, verse 16, it reads like this. It says, when the men got up to leave, so they were finished their time of fellowship, and bonding and communion. When they got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? See, he had invited him into communion with them. Now, God, it's not only God hearing my prayers, but now it's God sharing with what's on his heart. In 18, uh, Abraham's, um, well, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. So, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him too. To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it's good. Say yes. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. And let's see what happens next. Then the men turned away and they went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? And so let me tell you what happened after this, because there's, there's a going back and forth. And Abraham, we see, is a pretty good negotiator. <laughs> he goes back and forth. First, he starts at 50. He gets them all the way down to 10. <laughs> why, why do you think Abraham could have the boldness, the audacity, to even have that conversation with the Lord? It was because first he was in communion with him. So he got to know the Lord, the Lord's knowing him. There was, there was a relationship. It wasn't just this one conversation, this, this one 10-minute prayer before I go out to work. It was, it was ongoing communion, relationship with the Lord. This is what God is inviting us into. We, want, we don't want to just check the box and say, well, yeah, I read my Bible today. I, you know, I prayed today. But there's a relationship that's being built. And so... Abraham knew the heart of God. Abraham knew that God did not want to destroy this city. And so he just, he put some requests before the Lord. Because what was he doing? He was interceding. He was interceding on behalf of the people that his nephew Lot, he knew, 
was down in that region of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so through all these principles, this relational personhood, this joyful intimacy, this complex simplicity, glad surrender, all these things were working in Abraham's intercession. It was working in Abraham's ministry. Are you understanding where I'm going here? All right. Well, I want to talk about the power. We talked about the purpose, communion. We talked about the principles, all those things that I just read. Now I want to talk about the power because some of us could be feeling like, well, I don't know if that's me. Well, what do you exactly mean? Well, what am I supposed to do? How can I, you know, approach the Lord with that same boldness or that audacity? You need power. Bottom line, you need power. So let's go to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1 now, we're talking, we're switching now from Abraham to Jesus. Because as we said, to do ministry in the image, the Trinitarian image of God, you, this is joining with Jesus. It's Jesus' ministry. Everything that we want to do to help people, everything that we desire to do to be for somebody, it is joining in. Jesus' ministry unto the Father with the power of the Holy Spirit. So it includes all, every person in the Trinity, but it also includes you. So that ministry of Christ is what we're talking about in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Let's begin there. So in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about, this is, this is Luke, one of the uh, apostles of the church, one of, one of Jesus' disciples. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. See, he's already speaking about the ministry of Jesus, right? All that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit. Now, he's talking about how the Holy Spirit has affected Jesus's ministry. Jesus, even Jesus, did not do ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. You see it right there in the word, the Holy Spirit. And then he gave it to the apostles. Okay, next slide. And he had chosen those apostles. So after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them and over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. Now we're talking about Father. Jesus did all that his ministry, all that he did for who? It was for the Father. It was to the Father, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's just down to uh, verse 7. And so the, the, in response to what Jesus was saying, the, the disciples said, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, you just spoke about a kingdom. Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And then he said, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, pointing back to God, but you will receive power when the who? Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Basically, this was Jesus' last moments on the earth. This was in that same conversation where he said, go and make disciples. 
He knew that what he was giving them, his own ministry, he was giving them his own purpose, his, his own livelihood. He was giving them what he wanted them to do when he would be gone. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to do everything I've told you. But he knew that what he was giving them to do, that they would need power. Because what was, what was being birthed out of this moment to go and make disciples? It was the church. So he knew that they would need power. They would need authority. They would need the Holy Spirit in order to do this big giant task that he was giving them to do. The church had never before been seen. We, the church is pretty familiar to us. We come every Sunday. We, it is, you know, here down 16th Street, you see a church building, you know, every few blocks. And so it's very familiar to, but for them, it was new. It would, it would be happening for the first time. They really had never even seen anybody do it. And so as they were being sent, as they were being encouraged, to go and do ministry. Now, you might feel like, well, you know, last time I checked, I haven't been asked to start the church. Last time I checked, I haven't been. But have you been asked to pray for somebody? You know, do you have it in mind to share the gospel with somebody? This is ministry. This is, it's, this is ministry at whatever level or wherever you are. God is calling us to, but he doesn't just call you to ministry, say, do this and, and beyond with it. He first, he invites us into communion with him. First, he invites us to, to get to know him, know his will and his heart, his desire. Then he says, you know, join in this ministry, join in what Jesus has already started. It's not about you. Trust me. It's already been started. You're not the only one. You're, you're not the only one. And so you need to find, if you have a passion to, to do ministry in whatever way, shape, form, and to whatever degree, join with others who are doing what you want to do. Join with them. You're joining with Jesus in this ministry unto the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't see how we could ever feel. I think it's kind of prideful, prideful for us to think that we can do ministry, that we can be who God wants us to be without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to live this life. We need the Holy Spirit to understand his word so that we can even co communicate it to somebody else. We need the Holy Spirit. And you might be saying, well, how do I get the Holy Spirit? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. You have come to the right place. You've come to the right place. I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your invitation into relationship with you, into communion with you, to understand who you are. You give us grace to understand who you are and what your desire is, what your plan and purpose is in the earth. And God, I'm so glad that you sent Jesus. You sent your son to set a mighty example of that ministry 
is unto you. It's your desire that mankind would be reconciled unto you. All ministry should point to the reconciliation between God and man. And as we minister unto you, as we send up our praise for your pleasure, as we go and touch people's lives and draw them to you, Father, I thank you also that you've sent your Holy Spirit so that we don't have to feel like we're doing it alone. We don't have to be burnt out because we're working so hard for the kingdom. But Lord, you said, come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we join into your ministry, Jesus, you carry the burdens for us. You allow us to carry it with you while you do most of the work. You want us to join in that great victory that you won on the cross. And Lord, sometimes it's frightening. We don't know all that it means. We don't know all that we would have to commit to. But God, I ask, I, I ask on behalf of everyone here right now that there would be a glad surrender, a, a, a joyful intimacy that we experience. And as a result of that joyful intimacy, that we would gladly surrender to you, Lord Jesus. Everything of who we are, everything encumbering us, stopping us from being or doing what you are calling us to. And that by your grace, we would enter into your ministry. By your power, Holy Spirit, we would enter into what you desire for us. The benefit and the blessing of knowing you, working out into the benefit and blessing of someone else coming into relationship with you. Right now as we pray, I don't want to be remiss. There are those of us who might know we need the Holy Spirit and His power, but not quite know how to get it. I want to invite you to just stand to your feet. If you, if you know you need the Holy Spirit for a greater level of anointing, deeper intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you can stand up right now. You can stand up right now. Don't be shy. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for that Holy Spirit anointing and power to come upon you. Father, by your Spirit, pour out your Spirit on us. Even those, perhaps in this moment, I pray against every spiritual force stopping your people from stepping into what you have for them. Lord, let our hearts cry out to you. We can only be what you want us to be and do what you want us to do by your power, Holy Spirit. And every one of us who desire to receive that power and whatever it means, we gladly surrender in this moment and receive the power of your spirit. 
send us where you want to send us, Lord. Even in the marketplace, Lord, send your workers, send your ministers. We don't have to stop what we are doing in order to do what you've called us to do. But recognize that you, are, you have placed us there in the positions that we have, in, in the influence that we have, because you want to use us for your kingdom ultimately. So I thank you, God. And we receive the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees, say amen.